You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the smartest guys in marketing podcast, the greatest podcast. Uh, you know, it's invented. Like, I'm scared for you right now, bro. You know what? It's been a minute since we've done a podcast and a live podcast at that. What are we talking about today? Dude, I thought we would talk about some learning lessons from uh, 2018, as well as some preparatory advice. Preparatory? Yeah, exactly. How are you feeling today, dude? Feeling like it's a good day to stress. Good day to make some money. Good day to get rich. Good day to get hella richer in the clubber. <laughs> All right, I'll do the intro. What is What's that? Up? What does that there mean? Go. I got this. I got this. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome back. As mommy and daddy prepare a wonderful lesson for you on learning lessons from 2018. Father. 2018 was a banging year. It was a banging year. And uh, 2019 is going to be even better. We're explosive. So what is today? The 8th of January. We've already done like maybe a couple billion in revenue. It's really going great. And uh, now we we got some good learning lessons, I think, from a lot of mistakes in 2018. How many of you know, anytime you grow something, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. People are so terrified of mistakes. Like, well, you're too afraid to, to make money too. You're too afraid to make mistakes. You don't deserve to make money. Anyways. Yeah, bro. It's been a good year, wouldn't you say? I would say. Yeah, it's been a big learning year. Massive Mm. learning year. Huge. Huge. So just so you know, if you've never seen Traffic and Funnels before, we run ads and help clients grow their client business. And we got 2,500, 2,600 people using our strategies every month right now. So we're going to do some Q&A. And I want to kind of, I think both of us kind of want to transition this show into more of a live feel where we can do some teaching, but also do some Q&A. So if you got questions, if you want us to answer your questions, as vulnerable as you want to be, all right, let's dive into it, bro. Learning all right, number one, biggest learning lessons of 2018 and how hopefully you can take these things and not make some of the same mistakes that we made this year. Number one, you want me to go? I want you to go, dude. Having too many goals is worse than having no goals. This year, we had too many goals. Like We've been back, I think it was last week, and we looked at the, like you sent me the screenshot of all the goals that we had. Unbelievable. And it was like this long. It was unbelievable. And it's amazing like how powerful focus is in your business. And I was talking with a client the other day, man, and they're doing way too much. And we, we always overestimate how much we can get done in any given time frame, always. And so if you actually want to accomplish the most important thing, you got to keep it the most important thing. So for you, that might be, you know, a million dollars in revenue. Like that is the goal that you hit. That when you wake up every single day, you go into the office every Monday, you're always looking at that goal. If that's the thing that's in front of you every single day, your chances of hitting that is very, very high versus, oh, I want to do a million dollars and I want to hire 25 people for my team, and I want to launch on YouTube, and I want to do a show, and I want to do a podcast, and I want to do all these things, right? When you are spread, you'll never actually accomplish your goals. Yeah, we, 
We have like three goals this whole year. That's it. Last year we had like a dozen. Because when you have energy, let's say you have 100 units of energy and you split that 12 ways, it's like, what, eight? You're putting eight units of energy into each thing versus if you have two things to do, you take that same 100 units of energy and you put it 50 into each, the chances of actually getting that shit done, way higher. Way higher. Way higher. Astronomically, Elon Musk higher. Yeah, anything else to add to that? Yeah, well, I was to say... Part of the reason why is because the problems that end up presenting themselves, right? When you have 12 goals, then you're probably going to have 100 problems to deal with. Yeah. You can't defeat all those problems at the same time versus one goal or two goals or three goals for the year. It's a lot easier to actually overcome those problems. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they're presented with, with all these problems when they're facing you know, these goals. And so they can't, you know, they can't defeat all these problems at the same time. But if you have one problem you're dealing with, then the likelihood of you getting past that and figuring out that problem is a lot higher. Thus, the likelihood of you accomplishing your goal is a lot higher. Dude, one thing to add is never, never underestimate the power of just good fundamental basics of how to get shit done. So I feel like some people are like, well, this isn't about marketing. Well, you'd be amazed at how many clients don't have marketing problems. They have hey, I don't know how to get anything done in my life and I feel like I'm about to die. Problems. We're mm-hmm. teaching you all of the above. All right, number two. This is, we'll go quick on this one. If people can't make mistakes, they'll never learn how to avoid them. I think if you have a team, if you got a team, just throw a, throw, let us know in the chat. Like who here has a team versus who is like by themselves? So we know who we're talking to because maybe everybody on this right now doesn't have a team. But one of the things I think we've learned is that most entrepreneurs tend to overcorrect. Like it, it, it's one thing when someone's making the same mistake over and over and over again, and they're repeating that mistake over and over. But I, I've really learned that I think it was maybe Jack Welch, some management expert who says, I'll never promote someone who's not making mistakes. Mm-hmm. That means they're not pushing any boundaries. They're not learning anything. Some even for us over the last 12 months is figuring out, you know, even, even for our lead team, you know, when someone makes a mistake, there's got to be patience involved in that and letting people really figure it out. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I know that my tendency was to just react or come down on someone for making a mistake. And then there's an unhealthy thing where, you know, people are so like, they're just so intimidated by even the idea of screwing up. Yeah. Now if it's repeated, then there's an issue. Either the person, you know, they can't actually achieve what they need to achieve within the company or there's a process issue, right? But, you know, if, if someone's making a mistake because they're progressing and they're, they're venturing into new territory and they're expanding different parts of your business, they make the mistake. You guys come to the table, you assess like what happened, why this mistake was made. Was it a process error or was it a human error? And then how do we fix it going forward so that thing's not made again? Um, and just being open, but also just having KPIs, you know, and having understanding and the right expectations, I think is really, really healthy when you're dealing with team members or even, even uh, people who deal with, you know, just contractors. Yeah. Contractors are going to make mistakes and having the right expectations for those guys is really important. hundred percent. hundred percent. You want to take a question real fast? Yeah. Two questions. Uh, someone says, who's mommy and who's daddy? Yeah, I would actually say, obviously, I would say Chris's daddy, actually, I would say Chris's daddy. And 
You know, I've got that sneak attack feminine energy. I can just <laughs> like, you don't even know, man. Some of our girl clients, man, they're like, they'll destroy you. They'll like take on like 12 dudes in a ring fight and kill all of them. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed at all, man. Another question. How do I, what's the best way to start getting traffic? Is SEO the best way on a small budget? I would say absolutely hella to the no, but let's see what Chris says. The traffic wizard. Absolutely not. SEO sucks. I actually got started in SEO. That's my background. Tell us more, man. If you know, know. well, he asked, what's the best way to get started on a low budget? So what would your answer to that be? Well, you can run ads on a low budget. And your feedback loop is going to be way quicker. You could spend $5 a day, $10 a day and figure out what your market wants and what they don't. And that's what it's all about. $10 a day? $10 a day. You pulling my leg right now, bro? No. Here, let me. uh, I'm not. I'm I'm just going to pull this up because, yeah, this just happens. So check this out. Let me know if you can see this. Can you see this, bro? I see it. This guy literally just turned paid traffic on. This was from last week. His traffic had been running for like two days and 7K just like that. So you run SEO, you're not getting that in two days. There's no way you're getting that in two days. There's zero chance you're getting a $7,000 client, $3,500 paid up front in two days. Zero chance with SEO. Not saying that SEO is not something that can fit into your long-term strategy, but it's definitely not the best way to get started. Yep. All right. You ready for the next one? You want me to hit it? Let you me hit, hit that it. one. Let me hit it. Please let me hit it, bro. Go let ahead. mommy hit it. Okay. We got to stop that. Austin, you you're ruining it, our flow, man. You started it, dude. Number three. This is a big one. Invert and filter. Uh, Charlie Munger, who's Warren Buffett's business partner. These guys, are they don't go to sleep without $20 billion in cash in the bank. $20 billion. Uh, Warren Buffett is always on like the top 10 richest people in the world. Charlie Muggers, his business partner, and they're fans of basically inverting. So you want to know how to avoid another financial meltdown? Well, easy. All you do is look at 2008. Look at everybody who went out of business. Invert it. Okay? Do the opposite. Do the opposite. I think there's too much emphasis on like, man, only, you know, only surround yourself with like what, what works and stuff like that. But if you look at the people online, mm-hmm. start a new business every three months or they're constantly beating their chest about it. And you just get a lot of drama from them, whatever. And you see that they're in the same place that they were three years ago. You want to actually identify what they're doing and do the opposite. You don't, want, don't, buy their, don't buy their programs because they're going to replicate their results for you. You want to invert and filter. And I think a lot of times, I was just talking to an older client who is not a client anymore. We're still friends and we talk and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I just went through and followed, unfollowed everyone. Unfollowed everybody. Because everybody's in this like weird pits of like copying what everyone else is doing and his business started taking off because he's just unfollowed everyone. You want like maybe three people, probably two people. Too many generals is like worse than having no, no leadership at all because they're all fighting each other. They're all having cockfights. You're like trying to figure out who's the biggest rooster. Pick like two, two people who you respect, who you jive with. Get off everyone else's list. It's a big lesson. And probably not in your industry too. Yeah, maybe. Depends. It depends on what stage the business is at. Right now it's like, we don't have a lot of people to look up to in our industry but that we're not already like ahead of. So we're having to go to other industries. We're having to look at what other people are doing. But still, when we started, you remember I was on like 1,900 email lists. Now I'm down 
I'm really proud of myself because I'm down to like under a dozen. I'm getting that's, better. That's a major change. I'm getting better because it's like, man. The Lord is doing a work in your heart, man. If, if you've got so many, you're like every day you got a new idea and you're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then you never get anything done, you're probably just following too many people. You got too many inputs. You can't keep anything straight. Yeah, that's mine. All right. You know, can I just add one thing to that? This oh, is really important because add some dirty to that, bro. Give me you know, some. He says, <laughs> I'm trying, man. You, know, you, you talked about Buffett and Charlie Munger and having cash on hand. And I think this is, there's a lot of people right now at major risk because we are coming to a market correction soon. You know, it could be a year from now, it could be two or three years from now. But History does not lie. You can go back and you can look at history and you can look at like the conditions of the market when things have made a change. And if you're not looking to that in your own business based on history and preparing and, and playing smart and stacking cash, then you know, you're going to come when, when that time arrives and you actually haven't gone back and looked at, okay, what are the conditions of the market when the history takes, when the, when the market takes the downturn and recession hits, like what should I be doing for when that happens. If you're not doing that right now and preparing for that, then you're making like a, a, a massive mistake. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming soon. So if you're not studying those guys, those companies, you know, what they did when that happens, I think it's just a bad situation for you. Here's the thing too, is um, you know, one of the most dangerous guys to follow if you're starting a business right now. We're about to get raw and solid personal. Is this okay? Depends on how personal you're about to get. I'm about to show you everything. Now, people were hitting me up a lot recently, uh, especially clients. Clients who, like, we've got Tanner and Ryan, and we got a couple of people who are doing 180, 200, getting close to that 250K mark a month. And they're listening to Cardone and be like, cash is trash, cash is trash, cash is trash. Well, listen. Granted, a different place than you are. This is why sequence is so important because if you follow, if you follow and model Nike, you are going bankrupt within the month. Yep. Because there are different sequence. You can't copy what those players are doing. You need to find somebody maybe a couple steps ahead of you. That's it. Grant says cash is trash. I say Grant's a Nance. All right. That's what I say. And he's obviously killing it, but his business, it did $50 million last year. So unless your business did $50 million last year, you don't need to be getting rid of cash. You need yeah. to be hanging on to cash. You put something in real estate and you're going to get a deal that's like, you know, 10%, 11%. You put something into mentorship and you're going to get 8,000%, 15,000%. So it's not really a comparison. And you got to be careful that you're staying inside of your sequence. Which is also, also look at what they're selling. Like Grant is selling, he wants your cash so that he can invest in real estate. Yeah, he's like, What's their motivation, you know? So, you know, it's, it's amazing to that. Like we've recently reviewed just a lot of people who've come through and it's amazing how many people either don't have any cash. We're talking about business owners. Yeah. Like they don't even have a month's worth of reserves and they severely lack the ability to get credit as well. Yep. Dangerous yeah, place, my friends. And what happens is uh, most, a lot of times people don't have cash for two reasons. We're just rolling right now. I hope you're writing this stuff down. It's not, you're just like, you just want to be poor, but write it down. Two reasons that people run out of cash. Number one is they follow the ethos of like, get rid of cash as fast as you can, put it into deals, put it into this. Yeah, you know, there's this thing of like, make yourself poor 
for the long term. But that actually, if here's what happens: if you're too focused on the long term, the short term will sneak up and kill you in your sleep. Mm-hmm. You got to actually have both. And the second thing is people's goals are just shit. You know, if your goal is to make ten grand a month, you're just you're kind of operating on like a, a lower plane of selfishness because ten k a month doesn't allow you to build homes for people overseas. $10,000 a month doesn't allow you to really take care of your family and get them the best medical care you can. $10,000 a month is nothing. And so I think we have an epidemic where people don't believe in themselves enough to actually get big goals. Mm. And so talk about that a little bit more. You just, I mean, what did I text you uh, last night? You know, I was able to give more than two times what my annual salary was four years ago to my church last year. That's not because, I'm not saying that because it's like, bro, look how holy I am. Look how amazing I am. Everybody revere me. It was just a cool feeling of like, man, when you set big goals for yourself and you actually reach for them, everyone around you gets lifted up with that tide. And so that's why if your goals are low, nobody around you is benefiting from you. Mm. This is selfish to have low goals because if you're like, man, I... Money doesn't make money doesn't make you happy. I don't care about money. Well, you know what? You can't influence anybody. You can't. Someone told me on the phone yesterday. I'm I'm very altruistic. No, you're not altruistic because you're poor. You don't have anything to give anybody else mm. except for your time. You can go down and serve food at the homeless shelter, but that's about it. I'm about the life where one day we're buying those things and we're giving. Like what did I tell you last night? I want to get. I can't wait till we can give seven figures away. Mm-hmm. That that inspires me because that's like. Man, the whole tide around me, everyone in my, everyone in my lane is going to have a better life, the better I do. Yeah. You know? And I think that if your goal is only 10 grand a month or even 50 grand a month or even 100, 100 grand a month, you are at the risk of being a selfish person. You might not know it. Bastard. You might not know. And here's the reason why I say this is because like what's re- required of you to get to 200 grand a month, 500 grand a month, a million dollars a month is a place of being very, very uncomfortable, a place of extreme growth. It's going to require you to be a completely different person. And so many, many times why people don't say, oh yeah, I want to hit 50 grand a month or 500 grand a month or whatever it might be is because they are not comfortable with the process and the growth that is required to get to that place. It's yep. easy to hit 10 grand a month. It's easy to hit 20 grand a month. It's easy to even a lot of people to hit 500 grand a month, right? But the, the, the new level requires a lot more growth and for you to be selfless and for you to put yourself in the line and be a better leader for your team and your employees. Like, there's a lot that's required of you. So if your goal is 10 grand a month, my friend, you got to step up. Yep. If it's 50 grand a month, if it's 100 grand a month, you got to step up. Let's take two questions and we'll move on. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Pamela says, what do you guys think about organic traffic? A lot of questions about traffic. I'm just going to give them all to you, bro. (laughs) Organic traffic is great, man. Look at Ryan. He's had a successful business for the last year and a half, two years on organic traffic. So, Man, one of uh, of our older clients, stand-up dude, acupuncture, Axel Rad, who I miss is like, chillax butter voice it's like dude man man he's got a fantastic business but he doesn't really use paid traffic that doesn't mean your business is bad i think that he can make more money if you got into paid traffic but organic is you 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 can get past 100k a month with organic another question austin says how much traffic do you guys get from your podcast is it a pretty profitable channel for you what do you think 
Yeah, so our podcast isn't necessarily like a traffic strategy per se. Uh, our podcast is more, one, we just love doing it. Um, two, it's closer to bottom of funnel. So it's it's more about building a relationship, giving value, um, and just giving people an opportunity to connect on the stuff that we're doing. So people are a lot more aware, you know, when they come through the podcast. It's not a volume play, right? It's more like a relationship connection play. Yeah, 100%. And by the way, we're in a new schedule now. So every Tuesday at 8.30 Central, we'll be going live in one form or another recording this podcast. So just mark it on your calendars and show up. Go ahead, number four, bro. Yeah. So cash is greater than followers. Ooh! Cash is greater than followers. There's a lot of people who have many, many, many followers and very little cash in the bank. And so if you ever get to a place where you're focusing on the followers, you'll probably go broke, right? The best way to stack cash is to have an amazing offer and the ability to sell it. And I would add the ability to scale it. Oh my God, dude. One thing, can I just, can I just add a little bit of sugar to this? A little, a little sugar-free vanilla Starbucks to this. Sugar-free. The thing about it is people, people get so obsessed with being famous. And like, I think, I think what it comes down to is there are two kind of types of businesses that you can build. You can build a business first and a following is a byproduct of that business. And we got a lot of people, a lot of millennials building a following. And then the business is byproduct of the following. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the thing is, is like, you know, even I think, I think when it comes down to it, you can make so much money without anybody knowing who you are. You know, we talk to people all the time. We've got, in fact, some clients that we just took their their main offer is going after people who have a huge Instagram following, huge fan following, but they don't have a business. Like, hey, we'll build an offer for you, and it's like, boom, making money, you know, in your sleep from the following. And so, I think it's just a bad focus if your number one goal is to get following, and then you're trying to build a business by as a byproduct to see paid traffic. Yeah, that's true, and I think a lot of people who are Gary V followers, they've kind of gone in this direction of just build a following because that's what he does. Yeah. And he's really good at it, but he doesn't need the money because he has a successful business already. Yeah. Like a lot of people see that as a model. And again, if it's out of sequence, you don't have money unless you're just working a you know a side job or whatever. But don't let building a following replace you actually going after the cash and the discipline and focus of creating an awesome offer that the market wants right now, because you don't have to wait, right? Gary's like, Oh, long-term, you know, you'll build a following so that you can make offers when you're 50 years old. But even, even, even Mr. Gary VEE is like, man, if you go back 10 years, he had a business Mm in a business and the following became kind of a byproduct of him having that business. And then he was able to cycle it. So, this goes back to sequence probably too, is like, man, if you're copying the guys at the top, there's, there's modeling, but you have to keep modeling in sequence, right? And this is where people get way out of sequence and they're like trying to build huge mass followings, but they don't have a good business. Attached. Yeah. It's not going to work. Ain't going to work. Should we have some questions? Yeah, bro. You keeping track on these questions? Oh, I am, bro. I am. Here's one. 
What is the first headline that you would put in an email to get a better open rate when you're just starting out with a list? And I told people earlier, I was like, if you can give me a marketing question that I can't answer, I'll PayPal you a hundred bucks. These questions are easy. Uh, you I'd want me probably, to take, I'd, I'd, well, I'll go first. I'd probably say you're going first on everything, inside. but okay, whatever. Go New, nudes inside. <laughs> yeah. If all you care, <laughs> if all you care about is open rates, then you can do something crazy. I don't think Not this safe matters. for work. I don't think this matters. Pamela, this doesn't matter. It's like saying, you know, I'm 300 pounds overweight and it's like, what would you probably eat for a snack on the third Friday of every month? Well, it, it, that doesn't, that's too, that doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is, first of all, how are you getting your email list? Are they coming from what type of opt-in? Is it a challenge? Is it a re- webinar? Is it a free video? What's the angle? From a strategy standpoint, what market are you going after? All of those things matter a thousand times more than what your headline is in your email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd say just like taking it even deeper is, you know, just like thinking of the overall strategy and your, your outcome and just understanding the principle of getting the attention of that market that you're talking to and getting them to pay attention and respond to you. So if it all falls in line with that, you know, you should be able to answer that question. 100%. All right. You want me to hit the next one? Yeah. Number five, we got eight of these, by the way. Talking about biggest lessons from 2018 and then kind of some, some titty bitties for 2019. Number five, value timing above almost everything else. Timing is a strategy that people do not understand. Hmm. Timing, timing. In fact, if there's probably, probably the main thing that kills people is timing, timing, because until you can understand what the proper timing is and the proper sequence to do different things, you'll never understand it. In fact, there's a guy right now who is in CK and we're working on getting them into elite because we need more time with them and they've gotten some wins. They've gotten some results. And his question is just, do I need it right now? All right. Here's a guy who is very talented from a marketing and sales perspective, but doesn't understand timing. I've seen too many people go through a place where they get some momentum, they get some wins, and then they're on cloud nine, but they don't actually invest into the skills that they're going to need next month. And then something changes and they plummet right back down to the bottom. In fact, I told you this two or three months ago, I talked to this lady who had a successful business, did six figures a year and said, I wish I would have invested in getting help scaling back then when I had the funds, but things dried up. And now they're in a place where they can't get credit. They don't have any money. Their business is not doing any revenue. And she's got a job. Why? She didn't understand timing. You have to understand timing. You'd have to understand it. Because when you understand timing, you're able to actually put your resources, which resources is time, money, bandwidth, energy, et cetera, into different things that might not be like, oh, I have to have this now, but they're going to provide major advantages for you later. So this guy who's working through CK. It's like, do you need elite right now? No, you're not going to go broke if you don't stay in. You're not, but you're going to go broke in six months. And if you don't understand timing, you don't understand how to actually take advantage of opportunities that are, you know, maybe now opportunities, but you won't really cash in on them until six months. Am I making sense? Because this is, I think, more complicated than the others. Yeah. I think understanding, again, looking back at history and when you understand economics, and this is most people don't, and so they miss it. When you see that the market is really high right now and things are being run up and 
So there's a lot of money in the marketplace, which means there's a lot of money available for you. And if you don't take the ability to recognize that, if you don't take the time to recognize that, look back on where the markets were, it's a lot harder to get someone to purchase a product or a service or an offer. And you're not going in and mastering you know, the, the key elements to growing a business right now, then you're putting yourself at a disservice, right? So timing is crucial. Like, you know, we really hit the market at a good time in regards to teaching people how to grow their high ticket business because we understood the market. We understood where the market was at. And we understood that it was the right time. So people that come in and they try to copy us, they're going to be, you know, at a big ne- negative coming in because, we're already ahead of the market. Like we see what the history of the market's been, whether it's like my actual niche or the, the market overall in the country, whatever it might be. Um, so we're able to look at getting into a market the right way and focus on things that are going to help us scale quickly, um, whether it's at our own skills or investing in other parts of, you know, our team or whatever, just to grow the business. So yeah, I think you just have to have an overall really good picture of what's going on and understanding that, dude, now is the time to invest in yourself. Yes. Your revenue. That's what Bro, I want. Can I give an example real fast? Yeah. Tanner came through CK. He had been through $50,000 as in, invested into other places, other programs, other people. Now, is everyone else who's teaching people how to win a scam? No, they're not. But you got to be careful that they actually have the ability to transfer results to clients. And he spent 50 grand into other things. He came into CK and he got some wins. I think he did 80 K in CK and uh, he got to the end and he's like, man, I'm just going to keep trudging along. I don't think I want to stick around. I said, well, you're an idiot. (laughs) He's like, why? Like, well, dude, you, you said you wanted to build a sales team. You want to scale your ads. You want to get on other platforms. You want to create a new offer. How are you going to do all that? Anyways, long story short, I didn't pressure him. People were probably like, oh my God, you called him an idiot. I, was, or I can do that with certain people. I'm not going to call you an idiot, I promise, unless you need to be told that you're an idiot. But anyways, he came in, he started building a sales team and I gave him about 10 minute piece of advice that we spent about 200K in opportunity cost learning. Saved him tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And what would have happened, you know, did if he would have left and tried to do this on his own and then bankrupted his cash balances, then he wouldn't have been able to afford to come back. This is why momentum and timing are so crucial. You've got momentum, you've got timing. And if you can't figure out that, hey, I should maybe do something now that's going to pay off later. If you're only need-based, like I have to have this now, so that's all I'm going to do. You're just going to end up going to the hospital every day. You break your leg. You're never going to actually take proactive measurements to grow anything. Yeah, that's good. 